Hey guys, my name is Crystal Kenny, and I'm in love with creating. All things artistic and imagination involved. I'm an American girl who chased her creative dreams all the way to Paris, France, making a living using photography. This podcast takes you inside the stories of all the artsy folks I've met along the way and gives you that extra push to discover your creative gifts. The desire to create is deeply inside each and every one of us, and I give you the tools and inspiration to find a new way of living a more creative life. This is La Vie Creative, the podcast. From costume designer in Dublin to jazz singer in Paris, joining us today is singer-songwriter Liv Manahan. Liv has become a great friend, and I love attending her shows in Paris. She combines many art forms to create her original sound. Let's learn more about her creative process now. Hey, guys. Today on the show, we have Liv Monaghan. Hey, Liv. Thanks for being here today. Thank you for inviting me. Pleasure. It's so nice to chat with you right now, especially with all the craziness going on in Paris. And I just love your music so much, and I'm really excited to share it with viewers today and talk a little bit about who you are and how you got your start and all that fun stuff. Thank you, Crystal. Well, I hope I can shed some light for you. For sure. Actually, I wanted to start off with saying... How did you get your start in music? Like, how did you discover you could even sing? Where are you from? Tell us a little bit about your background. Sure. Well, I am from Ireland originally, and I started singing really young. I think I was always sort of singing and listening to music. And I guess that's fairly common in a lot of Irish households. I was always doing that for pretty much as long as I can remember. And then I did actually start taking piano lessons when I was five. So I've been preoccupied with music, I suppose, at a fairly serious, you know, it was never a big music academy or anything. It was always private lessons, but, you know, there was still a structured ambiance since the age of five up to about 18. And then I learned the flute and then I was singing a little bit, got some vocal training. That's crazy. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's funny. I must ask my mother that now. But I suppose it was just very natural. We were always listening to music at home. We had a mm-hmm. record player and we listened to a lot of music. And myself and my older sister used to dance to ballet music. So it was kind of present and natural, I guess. And what about your parents? Are they singers as well? Not at all. That's the thing. They actually work in the medical field. My mom is a nurse and my dad was an army doctor. They're both retired now. So absolutely zero musical bones. But they don't need to have. I think a lot of people think they need to come from a musical family or an artistic family to be creative. But you actually don't. I just believe that it's important that there's nurturing. Um, Mm -hmm. But actually, everybody has the ability to be creative, irrespective of their background, you know, or irrespective of what their parents do. I totally agree with that, because there's so many people that tell me like, oh, I don't have a creative bone in my body and I don't know how to do anything creative. But like you said, you came from a family that didn't really have interest in that. And Mm -hmm. look how you turned out. It was just kind of something you developed over time. And I'm curious how you got into the jazz scene, because you're very big on the jazz scene here in Paris. So what sparked that? Thanks, Crystal. Well, yeah, actually, that sort of happened when I moved to Paris because 
anybody who knows anything about Ireland sort of might be aware that we don't have a very big jazz culture, but we have a very big traditional music culture. So jazz is a little bit different for us. So I always liked it, but I liked, I guess, the classical stuff like Ella Fitzgerald and Louis Armstrong. I mean, stuff that's really simple, you know, but I really enjoyed listening to it. And then when I arrived in Paris, I realized that there was a really vibrant jazz scene here. And I suppose that was really seductive for me. I loved this. And then I decided quite insanely that I just wanted to do that. It was quite mad. I said, I want, I like the idea of being a jazz singer in Paris. So why not? You need a spark of madness to do these things, but. It's so true. Yeah, you need that spark. And <laughs> you arrived to Paris just before you were singing like typical traditional music. And then you got here and you were inspired to just take it to another level and just focus on jazz. Pretty much a little bit was sort of a bit of pepper and salt around the thing, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Basically, when I came to Paris, I wasn't working in music at all. I had done my undergraduate in university in theatre and art history. So I was actually a costume designer in a pretty famous theatre in Dublin. And then I decided, oh. okay, I want to go to Paris because this is all very civil service <laughs> to me, which is a bit mad. So yeah. that was my job. That was what I was doing. And then I suppose I stopped really doing the serious music when I was 18, you see, because when I went to university, it was all theatre and drama. And I missed music, you know, and I think when I arrived in Paris, it reminded me that I missed it when I came in contact with that vibrant jazz scene. And then I realized sort of, you know, you could actually try and do this. You know, you could actually be a singer. I knew I could sing, but it was just something that I had sort of shelved as being a career, if you know what I mean. Because even though I was getting the lessons and doing my practice, I wasn't ever geared up to be Maria Callas. You know, my parents never got that on their radar. (laughs) I suppose that's where we come back to our backgrounds and what our parents have in mind for us are not, so to speak, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, kind of funny. But when you want to take it to a professional level, you do need that extra sort of fire either in your own stomach or someone else probably would maybe like a parent might have it for you, which isn't always necessarily great. But that's basically (laughs) how it started. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like a lot of times, especially when we start in a creative field, there's like young people, like I remember being 18 and saying, you know, I want to go to art school where I want to be a photographer and everyone's like, well, maybe you should study accounting because you're probably not going to make any money. So you have to be kind of like your own cheerleader, which it sounds like you were, like you had that push to really totally. do That's it. a really nice way of putting it, being your own cheerleader. You do need to do that because there's so many negative voices, I think, surrounding people who are wanting to work in creativity. There's always someone who's going to say something like, you know, you'll never be able to survive with that, you know, but that's their own inner hurt child speaking. I really believe. Don't forget that. Yeah, they're projecting their fears in a way. They're not your fears necessarily. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. That's so true. And what are some of the biggest differences that you would say between like the Paris jazz scene and the American scene? Like, I know you haven't really explored the American jazz scene because you haven't lived there, but I'm Mm -hmm. sure you have some awareness of it. And what would you say is like some of the big differences you've noticed? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I have spent some time like in New York on the jazz scene. Like it was actually at the very beginning of me embracing this. So I basically wasn't very good to be honest. But it's very interesting, the difference. I would say that the American jazz scene is much more athletic in that, to be frank, the musicians are probably technically better 
Because I just think that in America, the schools are all geared up. You know, you've got the best teachers in America. It's really where the form was born. And Mm -hmm. it's an American art form. So when you're looking at jazz in France or in greater Europe, it's bringing its own strands from those areas, if you know what I mean. So at a risk of sounding a bit funny saying this, it might be a little bit less pure, I would say, in Europe. Mm -hmm. There's a different swing to it, I always say. Like, Mm -hmm. I always think Americans swing better than Europeans. (laughs) It's a funny thing to say, but I think actually a lot of musicians would agree with me. That's a difference I hear. And I definitely would say, and I think a lot of other people would agree with me too, the technical standard tends to be higher in the States. Just because the technical of the reasons yeah. that I mentioned, it's the schools, it's the history, and it's the way the approach, I think, is a little bit more athletic and technical. You think it's like a little more intense, more formal schooling required or something like yeah, that? Yeah, I definitely think so. Yeah, I think it's more intense and I think it's more serious, maybe, in a way, even though I'm not putting down any of the wonderful European musicians. You know, I don't mean it to sound like that, but I think the general standard is higher you know because they take it more seriously basically and it was kind of the birthplace as well exactly exactly and that brings me to my next question how do you keep your creativity evolving and changing as a singer what are some things you do to keep your work up to keep changing to keep having new ideas what's some inspiration you use well I guess you know I keep kind of looking outside of myself um so Things like other art forms, I find are really important to look at them so that you escape your own art form for a while, you know, because everything is so connected anyway. I think it's interesting to see what other artists are doing, actually what scientists are doing. You know, we're all so linked and science is so creative. It's quite fun to see what someone with a very different brain type is doing, even though actually scientists don't have such a different brain type. They're very creative people. But like, you know, just looking at people in a different walk of life and seeing how they approach things that can actually I feel, give a lot of inspiration, especially when you're writing songs and storytelling. You have to look at other people's stories. Otherwise, I think your content starts to get a little bit boring, to be honest, for yourself and for everybody else, maybe, too. I totally agree with that. I think that it's such a good idea to look at other types of art, not even songs or just paintings or whatever that can help bring in new joy to your That's really interesting that you say that because as a songwriter, I always think of, you know, your life, you're writing about heartbreak or something that happened to you. I find a lot of songs are like that. Do you feel jazz is different? It's not so much about personal stories all the time. Like how does your jazz music evolve? Yeah, that's actually interesting. I know that a lot of music, especially popular music, is focused on personal heartbreak and things like that, which, you know, it has its place and it's important. And I think as long as people are honest in what they're creating it doesn't really matter then you know you just have to do what feels honest for you but I think my personal approach it's kind of like a collage effect so when I'm writing I might start with a very personal feeling but then it grows branches and it grabs things from different experiences are from different things I've heard from other people Mm -hmm. or from other people's different experiences if you know what I mean or it might have been something I read or it's like sitting down with glue and different bits of paper and newspaper and sticking it all together and then creating something with that you know it's really mishmash 
starts like that. So it's like a collage. You're like paper macheing your songs together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You made a vision board of your song. Yeah, exactly. It is that. It is a vision board, actually, even if it mightn't always have actual pictures on the boards that I'm making. It might just be the words, but they're image heavy, if you know what I mean. And I know for a lot of creative people, sometimes you just, a lot of people have told me, you know, they have like this little voice in their head that won't like shut up. That's telling them you have to do this. You have to create this. Does that happen to you with your songs as well? Do you sometimes have this little something that resonates with you and you just have to get up in the middle of the night and start writing or something like those big hitch of creativity? Yeah, I know what you mean. That sort of niggling voice or something. I definitely get that. And isn't it a strange mix between a niggly feeling and a guilt feeling? You know, it's almost like the little child who you have to nurture. And sometimes you feel like you're probably not treating that child properly or something. It's interesting. Yeah, I do get that. And sometimes in the middle of the night, you think, oh, you get a really good idea. And sometimes I guess it's the same for you. You might be very lazy and not respond to that. And then you wake up the next morning and you're like, oh, I'm so stupid. Why didn't I write that down? It's gone now. That's totally true. I never thought of it as like abusing your inner child or something, you know, like annoying them. But that's true. It is like this little child nagging at you saying, you know, we need to do this. Let's do this. And if you don't listen, you feel guilty afterwards in a way. It's very true. Absolutely. Uh, Do you feel like ideas across the board with being creative or kind of floating around and that if you don't create it, then someone else will. Like, have you had songs or ideas that you didn't chase after? And then later you found someone else did create that idea that you maybe had the same and it wasn't that they stole from you. It's just kind of happened that way. Yeah, I think so. I think that's a really normal thing. Like, you know, all these things are up for grabs, you know, and sometimes I think that leads into the last question you just asked, actually, Crystal, about the, do you ever feel the niggle? Sometimes I think that niggle is like the kind of ghosts in the ether and like they're up for grabs. So if you don't respond at 3am, somebody else will, (laughs) you know, they're working around. So yeah, I think that there definitely is a bit of that. I think it is a kind of an energy it's about the connection between what's going on and it's about all the things that are happening at once and we're all so connected and we're kind of all thinking similar things so if you don't put something into effect somebody else will I think yeah definitely I totally agree with that that brings me to my next question what does creativity mean to you like what is creativity I think that there's so many levels to that. What does it actually mean to you? Well, do you know, creativity is really important, I think, in jazz. And it means really playing, you know, it means not being too serious about yourself and actually taking a risk as well. Like it's kind of the opposite of being totally prepared and having, you know, a perfect rehearsal and then having a perfect gig. That's actually not creative that's planned that's a machine in action you know but creativity is being a child you know playing and making mistakes and then looking at what you can do to fix that it's a bit like being a nutty professor as well you're playing and trying and discovering but you can only discover something by making a big mess in the middle, you know, and you make a big mess and maybe it's a beautiful mess and maybe it's an awful mess, but creativity isn't clean. 
creativity isn't a tidy thing it's a big fat mess you know and you kind of need to embrace it don't you I love that that's really well said and I think it brings us back to that whole theme of child I feel like the inner child can come out in a lot of these whether he's nagging at you to get to work or to just play like you said I think play is a big part of creativity and I think that a lot of people don't start because they think oh it's just going to be a big mess it's not going to be any good but the more we do it, the more we get something out of it, I feel like. Absolutely. And what would you give as advice to other people wanting to work in singing and songwriting in general, like maybe not even the jazz scene, but just some kind of singing advice you would give? I think, first of all, it's so important to sing if you want to sing. And I think there's a lot of singers and it's sort of our comfort place or it's our first language. I definitely feel that like it's my real voice when I sing, you know, and I think for all singers, that's an important thing. So you have to respond to that. And like, whatever that means, it doesn't mean give up your day job and move to Paris. It doesn't like, it just means start singing, join a choir, look at YouTube tutorials, start nurturing your voice. Because if you want to sing, you should sing, you know, well, everyone should be singing anyway. But I would say to people who are specifically feeling that niggle inside them to sing, like do everything you can to sing, like start singing. It's really as simple as that. You can't underestimate the power of joining a choir. That can lead to you maybe doing more solo stuff. You know, these things, it's a building block. You know, you have to start somewhere. And then, of course, music is so social. Once you start, honestly, you can't really stop because there's always someone with a guitar or someone with a piano and they want to share. It's about sharing. So if you start singing and once you start searching for someone to play with, I promise it comes it falls into place really I love that and do you feel like we all have the ability to sing because I feel like some people (laughs) myself included have no singing talent whatsoever so do you feel like it's something that could be developed like we all could sing is that what you're saying I definitely think so I mean it's the kind of most natural way of communicating like when we're babies before we're kind of making proper words or you know producing proper words we're sort of singing we're we're mumbling and vocalizing things that we're hearing around us and it's almost musical you know so we definitely all have the ability to sing if some people have had a bad experience or think that they can't sing and it just becomes a big handicap then you don't feel comfortable singing but in fact the it's just a sort of a block. We all have the ability to sing. That's what I would say to the people who aren't singers, quotation marks, still join a choir, try to join a choir because it's sort of such a normal human thing to sing in unison. Like that's very, very normal and natural and beautiful and good for your mental health, you know? So yeah. Studies definitely have shown that music affects our brains in ways they don't understand. So I could see especially music and singing could be a big help to many. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. It's clinically proven, like you said, Crystal, you know, it's really known to be incredibly therapeutic. So yes, everyone can sing to answer that question. (laughs) And I suppose we have varying abilities, obviously, but there's nobody who can't sing. And do you use music as a form of healing for yourself? I think it's almost inevitable. That's another scientifically proven thing that the vibrations of music 
are healing. So even, you know, the lower the vibration, the more healing it is, even on a physical level. So instruments like the double bass are, are very, very healing with their type of vibration. So I think whether I like it or not, I end up getting healed when I'm, <laughs> when I'm singing. But also I do listen to specific like types of music and specific records when I feel right. It's time now to lie back and chill. And definitely music plays a role there. Chilling you out as well. And when it comes to who you're listening to, this kind of relates to that. I'm curious, do you have a famous singer or a famous Parisian in history that you admire or relate to? And can you tell us why? Oh, I love it. Well, I love a lot of singers, but actually most of the singers I like are Canadian or American, you know, so I'm not I'm not a big follower of the French singers, even though I really like people like Barbara and Serge Gansburg. But my ultimate singing hero is Joni Mitchell, full stop. So Joni Mitchell is a Canadian <laughs> singer and I'm obsessed with her. But in terms of Parisians, do you know what, Crystal? I don't know if I could give you a musician, but I do love Gabrielle Chanel. I know that's probably yeah. such a cliche, but I really like her. I really admire her as a woman and as a businesswoman. I mean, she was a formidable person and an incredible creator, yeah. you know, a really yes. wonderful artist. So... Yeah, I really admire her. I think she was incredible. Yeah, I totally agree with that. She's a great entrepreneur <laughs> before we were even allowed to be entrepreneurs exactly. as females. Tell me about Joni Mitchell. Why are you obsessed with her? I love her music as well, but how do you connect with her? Like, What really inspires you about her? I love her lyrics and I think she has an incredible way of storytelling that is that sort of collage approach that I spoke about a minute ago. I think she sort of has a wonderful way of stitching things together. You don't see them coming. You know, she's not a very linear storyteller. And I really like that. I think it's interesting. I think she's so poetic. And I love that she's also a painter. So I think you hear this in her sound. The colours that she uses in her sound are extraordinary. But you also hear it in her lyrics. You know, you hear the painter. And I think that that's actually fascinating. And the stuff that she did in jazz was really interesting from that perspective as well. I think lyrically, you know, just to see how those amazing colors of jazz can be mixed with a really interesting poetry. And that's so inspiring. And I think I take a leaf out of her book that way. Like in my own work, it's very much inspired by that way of songwriting. So I would say she's probably the one songwriter that I take the most inspiration from, definitely. She's like your your spirit animal for singing. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I love it. And I like how you touched on the fact that she's using different mediums in the same form, as you said, like you can hear the colors in her songs and yeah. she was a painter as well. So it sounds like you really use the same ideas in your work. And that's really cool. I love that. And I wanted to ask you, what are you most excited about for your future work? Oh my God, that's a hard question. Do you know what? I do try to take every day at a time. I'm excited though about my next album. I think it's going to move in a slightly different direction. Fingers crossed. I don't know. You know, we never know until the thing is actually pressed and finished, but it's a little bit more soul focused, um, slightly more of those Irish elements. And I'm actually really excited about that because I think every thing I do I get a bit closer to the truth 
of who I am it sounds kind of corny as well but like I don't know I feel like the work it makes sense you know every project is tapping away closer to the core and that's really exciting actually you know from a personal and a professional perspective I suppose mostly personal and it's exciting to think that you can share that with other people of course and that that might be inspiring for them too I think it for sure will be I mean if you're passionate about it you're going to make other people passionate about it and I love that you're bringing Ireland back into your music because I'm a huge fan of your country we've talked about that a lot (laughs) I love it bring in yeah get back to your I think sometimes as as expats or whatever we are expats immigrants we feel this strange relationship with our roots and it's nice to be able to be at peace or to try and get more at peace with that as well I think I totally agree yeah once I mean we all moved to Paris and finding ourselves and creating and whatever but it always feels like whether you realize it or not, a piece of home stays with you. That's unavoidable for sure. Even though totally. some of us might run from that and be like, I'm going to reinvent myself. Totally. You can't avoid yourself. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> you just can't. And you've got to make peace with it. Totally. Well, thank you so much for being here today, Liv. It was so cool to get to know you a little bit better and about what inspires your work. And where can people find you online? What's the best way to listen to more of your music and learn more about you? Oh, thank you so much, Crystal. Thank you. Well, the best way to find me is probably through Bandcamp and it's Liv Monaghan. So L-I-V-M-O-N-A-G-H-A-N. And I'm also on all of the other streaming platforms. So I'm on Spotify, Deezer, iTunes, Napster, you name it. You'll find me on them. Napster and I'm on still exists. Napster. No yeah. <laughs> I know I just discovered that recently because people were like, Oh, we're listening to you on Napster. I'm like, really? <laughs> So yeah, that and YouTube. So everywhere and you know, all the other silly places like Instagram and Facebook. So please do reach out, get in touch. Great. That's perfect. We can end there, but I'm gonna throw it in there. How is your singing voice feeling? Do you feel like giving us like two lines of song? If not, that's yeah, totally fine too. Well, what'll I give you? Give us some Joni Mitchell. We want to hear the colors. Oh, okay. Well, you probably won't get it completely without the instrumentation, but I'll give it a go. I'll give you some of maybe both sides now. Give us your favorite, whether it's Joni or not. Give us your favorite song to sing. Rose and flows of angel hair and ice cream castles in the air and feather canyons everywhere. I've looked at clouds that way, but now they only block the sun. They rain and snow on everyone, so many things I would have done, but clouds got in my way. I've looked at clouds from both sides now, from up and down, and still somehow it's cloud illusions I recall. I really don't know clouds at all. Voila! beautiful (laughs) i love it thanks so much liv you're so welcome my darling thanks so much for tuning in to la vie creative you can find more information on missparisphoto.com and if you enjoyed this show please feel free to share and spread the word for all my creative guests we have the power to help them to keep doing what they love see you next time